all things considered, I think that Kyle Dubas and the Pittsburgh Penguins had a pretty damn good offseason given the cards that they were working with. What do you guys think about that? You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 178 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne and we are back, baby. The uh, season is right around the corner. October can't come soon enough. Sad that summer is almost over, but it, it's been a great summer and uh, we can't wait for the most wonderful time of the year and that is hockey season. Training camp is right around the corner and of course, uh, as I mentioned right off the top, the season gets going in October. So we're back after a nice long break. As I mentioned, how we doing fellas? Great to see you both. Doing great. Loving the summer. Been busy as all hell and uh well, we're going to be rusty coming back because it's been a while. I haven't been thinking much about hockey, although I am very excited for the season to be back. So uh, let's see what we can do here. Bear with us. Yeah, Case, I'm glad you mentioned that. I feel like I haven't spoken into a mic in in about six weeks because that's approximately how long it's been since we last recorded. So this could be a bit rusty, but it's so nice to be back, boys, talking hockey again. Season right around the corner. So excited for this new look Leafs team. Uh, you know, me personally, that's what I'm thinking about. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a great summer. Um, I've got some good plans coming up, hockey-related. I'm going to uh, Arizona in December, and I'm going to go see a Yotes game, Harp. You've got the hat on there, your your second favorite team, of course. So I'm going to be going to Mullet Arena. I'm going to be one of the 5,000 fans in attendance, so that should be fun. Uh, But yeah, just extremely excited for the season and excited to get going with the podcast again because we have so much stuff planned uh, for this upcoming season. It's insane. So yeah, pumped to be back. Harp, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's been a it's been a great summer. Certainly uh, a, a memorable one. Lots lots happening, and uh, just great to be on with you guys. We saw each other a couple of weeks ago, of course, at uh, at your family reunion, Chad, and and uh, it, it's great to be back uh, together again, all three of us in this capacity, and just looking forward to the season. And I have to say, right off the top, before we get into the episode, I was talking to my brother and couple of other guys as well and just how much uh you know other people are looking forward to the season as well and outside of like maybe five or six teams that are going to be lottery teams um everyone else is going to be competitive i think and and is getting better uh going into this season so really looking forward to it and happy to be back yeah, there are some up-and-coming teams who are going to surprise the league this year. And, you know, last season, obviously, was the tank for Bedard. This year, although there are some good names at the top of the draft, they're not Connor Bedard, so I think we'll see fewer teams tanking, at least down the stretch this year. Yeah, absolutely. So something new that uh, that we're going to start is just quick little segments, and, and uh, this will be something that uh, that will be kind of fun to to introduce after we kind of do our introduction uh, to episodes and things like that. So, Chad, I'll, I'll uh, throw it over to you. We're going to do a little snake draft for top goalies heading into this season. So why don't you take it away uh, for that? Yeah, so just to reiterate, this is something that uh, I've been wanting to do on the podcast for a little while, just as a bit of a warm-up exercise, a little, you know one to three minute clip of us just doing a snake draft whether we're, we're doing that or playing the game wavelength uh, if you guys know that one or 20 questions something like yeah. that just to get right into it and get uh, some clicks on uh, the, the old social yeah. medias listen we want clicks we're sellouts everyone else is doing it you know what we're talking about because it's all over your reels feed just live with it we're doing it too yeah, yeah and, exactly. And honestly, too, hopefully we, we get games going that are fun to play along with. Uh, someone mentioned to me today, Remy, actually, from uh, you know my buddy from school and who was in the Fantasy Hockey League as well. Remy mentioned that maybe we should do Puck Doku on the podcast and, and just play along with that and let the listeners play along, sorry, um, because that would be something fun to do. But anyways, this is the plan. We're going to do these short little segments. We're going to get into it as, as a bit of a warm-up. So... The first one I wanted to start with, and maybe this can be a theme over the next few episodes as we get into this upcoming season, is I want to do a quick snake draft of the top goaltenders coming into this year. 
case since you were so nice to uh, let everyone in on what exactly our intentions were for, for these segments. Uh, I'll let you go first. Harp, you can go second, and I'll go third. Snake draft, top goalies coming into this season. Case, you have the floor. Um, okay, for the first overall pick, I'm going to take Ilya Sorokin. I think that he is the best goalie in the league. Um, the stats don't lie, and the contract is there as well, and the things that he's done to keep New York Islanders relevant every single year is uh, something to behold. That's a solid pick. You can't go wrong with, with him as number one. Harp, who you got it to? Yeah, uh, second overall, I will go with Jake Ottinger of the Dallas Stars. I think that, uh, you know, he's got the, a, a powerhouse team in front of him, uh, Final Four this year, and, and Ottinger is young. He's only going to get better and is just starting to become an elite goaltender. So I'll, uh, I'll reach a bit and take Ottinger at number two. Yeah, as much as I love, you know, people not... <laughs> People talking shit about Rangers, I guess I'd say. Uh, I'm pretty shocked to hear Ottinger go number two. There's actually three others that I'd, I'd pick before him, but I don't know. I guess you're going with youth and you're thinking about the future or something, but yeah, it, I like Ottinger as much as the next guy, and I like Dallas too, but I'm not taking him second. Yeah, going with youth, interesting strategy as we talk about the top goalies going into this 2023-24 season, Harper. Uh, that was an off-the-board pick. Now me, number three, I'm going to go with the safe pick at Andre Vasilevsky. I feel like anywhere in the top five, he fits in somewhere. If you're high on Vasi still after a couple of uh, you know subpar seasons, then you'll be okay with the pick. If you're low on Vasi, well, you can't be much lower than three to five. So three is the safe pick for me, Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, number four, I'm going to go to the guy that I thought Harper was going to take second overall, and that's Igor Shosturkin, uh, one of the best goalies in the league carries that uh that rangers team who is full of players offensively and defensively who are defensive liabilities so that's who i'm going uh with the fourth pick all right back to harper with number five who are you taking all right it's me sorry uh okay i'll, I'll go uh connor howlbuck of the of the winnipeg jets and you know big uh, big bounce back season for him he is still one of the elite elite goaltenders in the National Hockey League. I think that uh, the Jets are going to be competitive again this season. Uh, who knows if, if they'll be a playoff team or how far they'll go. And that remains to be seen. But as long as he's between the pipes, the Jets have a chance every single night. And uh, I'll, I'll take Hellebuck with my, uh, with my second pick. He's going to take the guy that wants out of Winnipeg and has been vocal about that at his second pick like that. That's interesting. Keeps it on your toes, I guess. Eh? Never too comfy. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Then I love this. This draft is going exactly how I'd want it to go because I got my two guys at the top of my board. So I'm going to go ahead and take UC Saros because I think that he's probably the second best goalie in the league as it is. He plays on, well, he's going to be playing on a dog shit Nashville Predators team. And he stands on his head every single night. I think he led the league in goals save above expected last year. Chat's or Chad is glowing right now because I used that stat. But he was far and above better than every goalie in the league in that metric. Yeah. All great goalies in the top six. I think Harp maybe had two reaches, although in that top six, I feel like all of those guys deserve to be there. And then number seven, I know this is, uh, you know, we finished the draft now, but, you know, you've got guys like Linus Olmark is in the conversation. Thatcher Demko, if he has a bounce back year, same thing with uh, Jacob Markstrom. There's a bunch of guys in that conversation, but I feel like those top six have sort of solidified themselves as that top tier. But anyways... Great job, guys, for our first little quick segment there, the snake draft of top goalies in the league. Next week, we'll do something different, and we'll keep it fresh uh, for this sort of this intro brief game segment. So yeah. good job for the first one. Let us know in the comments who won, and also let us know how wrong Harper is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, looking looking towards the future a little bit with that first one. So anyway, all right. Well, that was fun, and 
look forward to more of that clickbaity stuff as we continue to sell out, as as Case said. So there you go. All right. Well, let, let's get into uh, the main topic for this episode, boys. And and obviously a lot of movement this off season. Uh, obviously a, a big trade that went down a couple of weeks ago with uh, with Eric Carlson going to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But uh, we're gonna each pick a winner and a loser in our opinions uh, from this off season heading into the 23-24 NHL season. So let's start with winners. We'll get those out of the way first. Again, one each. Chad, I know you've got an honorable mention for uh, for a, a loser, I believe, this offseason, and, and Case, you might have an extra as well, but we'll, uh, we'll start with the winners. So, Case, why don't you take it away? What's up, guys? Thanks for making it this far into the podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to let you know that we're still doing a limited time merch drop over on boysinthebooth.com slash shop. We're selling t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, crew necks, sweatshorts, slides, you name it. We're selling it at boysinthebooth.com. So head over there and check it out when you can. Every single purchase allows us to improve the quality of our podcasts going forward. Plus, you get to wear some awesome gear too and support the boys. So we'd really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. There's plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Yeah, I thought this was kind of an interesting offseason because... I didn't really think there was one standout winner. It seemed that anyone who was making good moves also had to lose a couple good guys uh, along the way. It was a lot of shuffling the deck. There also wasn't many absolute stud free agents out there. So it kind of made it harder on everyone to be a, a massive winner, you know, getting that, that gem in free agency. So I kind of hemmed and hawed. It came down to four teams for me that I all thought were kind of par with each other but i'm gonna go with the carolina hurricanes and i'm not gonna do that because their fans left flaming dog shit on my front porch last year i'm gonna be doing it because of the contracts that they signed their biggest additions to um bringing in bunting and dimitri orlov to the contracts they did is going to significantly benefit their team immediately with the play that these guys are going to bring but also in the long run when uh you know, contracts are coming up in the future, like Tara Vinen and basically their whole back end outside of uh, Orlov and Slavin. So um, you've seen other teams get hurt free agency when they go out and, and sign guys for the seven year max contract. Well, they brought in Orlov, who to me was the big fish on the back end. They only brought him in for two years, which I like a lot at a reasonable cap hit. And now that decor that seems to be one of the best every single year got even better despite losing Ghost Despair. And uh, I think Calvin DeHaan was another casualty on the back end. Yep. But when it came to their losses, there's there's quite a bit, quite a few guys leaving this team, but I think they not only plugged the holes, but made them better with uh, the guys like Orlov, D'Angelo, Lemieux, Caleb Jones, and Bunting. Although I think they might've missed out on someone like a Tarasenko or someone to score some goals is maybe what this team is lacking, but the back end, the goaltending, everything looks like, uh, you know, all signs point to Carolina being the top team in the East this year. Yeah. I really like that pick case. And that was a team I really considered as well. 
I like the bunting addition. I don't know if I would have liked the same contract in Toronto, but he will be a fantastic player in Carolina. The Orlov ad, again, like you mentioned, perfect. He was the big fish on the back end. They landed him and a short-term deal, so you know they won't be hindered in the future. Um, they brought back all three of their goalies. I was kind of shocked that they did that, but now they have maybe the best trio I mean, I, I don't even know who, whose trio would be better. I think they might have the best trio in the NHL, um, no matter who is one, two, and three. Freddie Anderson, Antti Ranta, and well, Pyotr Kachekov. And just quickly to add to that, it kind of seems like maybe five years ago it took a turn from having that stud goalie that's going to carry you for 60 to 70 games to now having a 1A, 1B type situation is, is really the formula to be had. Well, now I think in the next few years you're going to see it shift to having three nhl goalies on your roster at all times to carry you on through um and carolina is going to be leading the charge on that one yeah and like like i mentioned all three of those guys are really good and you know that leaves you some flexibility if one or even two of those guys get hurt at the same time so i think you need that in in the new nhl and gone are the days where you have a starter who plays 75 games and and gets you through the playoffs that goal that type of goalie situation doesn't really exist anymore outside of maybe like four teams in the nhl now so i really liked how they they solidified their goaltending brought all three guys back um and you mentioned that you know maybe they missed out on a guy like tarasenko to score some goals well i think what they didn't get up front they got on the back end in terms of offense they have guys now who can move the puck you know as good or even better than their staple defenseman on the back end you know they got a tony d'angelo who you know aside from all of the talk about him what what he's like in the locker room or off the ice or whatever he's a damn good offensive defenseman and same with a guy like dimitri orlov who can move the puck and make that quick first pass so i think they got better offensively from the back end and that should help them in transition and and hopefully will will you know continue to allow them to score goals that way so i really like the pick case yeah they're in a situation on the back end where they can uh combine a puck moving free skating defenseman like d'angelo and burns and orlov with a more defensive defenseman like slavin and shea and pesci so i don't know where shea lies he's kind of a two-way guy but i would say that you could pair him and he'd be a little more safe than uh, a guy like d'angelo so they've got an interesting little mix back there they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna be flinging the puck around yeah and they still have the option too like the rumors are still out there that they might deal brett pesci so maybe if they do want some offense that's always uh, you know an intriguing option for other teams to get that shutdown guy in, in brett pesci at a reasonable number so that's an option for them if they want to Mm-hmm. Yeah, the decor is obviously the the number one strength for for this team, I think, and and arguably the 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 best decor in the NHL. You look at the year that Brent Burns had last year, and he was kind of a, a dark horse pick for for the Norris Trophy last year. He was that good for the Carolina Hurricanes, and so we'll see what happens with with uh, with Brett Pesci. I know that teams like Buffalo checked in on him this offseason. Carolina decided to hold on to him, at least for the time being, and uh, it's it's a good idea. I mean, we uh, look what we saw with the Vegas Golden Knights, guys, who just won the Stanley Cup. You need a, a big, long, mobile, and, and deep uh, defensive core, and that's what... Uh, that's what the Carolina Hurricanes have. I, I just, I, with some of the additions up front, I wonder about again the the goal scoring and and all of that, and and again the system that they play, very you know dump and chase, hard on the forecheck, cycling the puck. I think it kind of depletes their their offense a little bit, but there's no question that this team is a Stanley Cup contender, and they're going all in again this year. I think the only thing for them is that if they can just get over that Eastern Conference final hurdle that has hurt them uh, the last number of years, then then they're all set. But they'll be a favorite going into this season for sure. I, I like that pick uh, for them, uh, Case, as, as one of the winners of this offseason. Yeah, could be the President's Trophy winners. Like, I think they're that good. They're very complete, so... 
yeah, I I said that last year, and and uh, there we go. I'll uh, I'll I'll take it again this year. So we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, so Carolina as as our first winner, good pick case, and uh, Chad, we'll we'll move on to you now with your winner. Just quickly, sorry, yeah. I forgot to mention one of my key points about them is re-signing the guys that they needed to re-sign uh, in a Jordan Stahl, your captain and your leader, and Sebastian Ajo, your best player on your team, is now signed up long, long term and for a reasonable number as well, under $10 million. Sorry. I just thought about that now. No, no, um, don't be sorry. That's a great. That's a great point, and I think uh, that's a good long-term deal for Aho as well. A reasonable number, and honestly, with with that cap hit, I think that they kind of they bent a little bit on it as well, which is uh, which is good to see. So clearly, they're they're keeping this team together, and um, yeah, they are poised to be a contender once again. Definitely. Okay, for my winner, I'm going to go with my buddy in Pittsburgh, Kyle Dubas. Um, I think he had one of the best off-seasons in the NHL uh, in terms of making the money work and in terms of being handcuffed to uh, buy ownership to make a certain thing happen and that's exactly what he did so bringing in the big fish obviously eric carlson getting a little bit of his uh contract retained that's a huge w moving out some bad money like petrie and grandland another huge w bringing in guys like ryan graves who we talked about his contract uh last episode six weeks ago we all kind of liked it we thought that was the type of defenseman that they needed which is great riley smith was a sneaky ad nola chari lars eller as a fourth line center i think is a sneaky good ad as well guys like matt nieto to round out the bottom six and then replacing uh, Casey DeSmith with Alex Nadalkovic. That might be a bit of a gamble as well as having Jari as, as your starter. But, you know, all things considered, I think that Kyle Dubas and the Pittsburgh Penguins had a pretty damn good offseason uh, given the cards that they were working with. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think the Carlson deal enough is... <laughs> to be or is enough to make them the winners of this offseason just being able to move out two contracts that i thought they're going to be having a a real tough time with in the next couple of years as well as getting carlson retained and bringing him in without giving up basically everything in the cupboards was so impressive and uh yeah there's a couple other sneaky picks pickups there like riley smith i don't think anyone was talking about that or still no one's talking about it i think that's a great little uh depth scoring piece that they brought in for relatively little uh little spend so i definitely liked pittsburgh i did think about bringing them up as well but i kind of had a feeling that someone else would and so for that reason i stayed away but that carlson deal was impressive i think kind of every all three of the teams in that deal benefited from it. So you'd love to see it. Agreed. And it finally got done. So we don't have to go through another whole season of talking about where is the $11 million man going to end up because he was traded. There were some salary retains that it, it was able to fit under the cap. Pittsburgh got some bad money out, brought some good money in, and they're ready to make a push. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they're able to make the playoffs and then go on a bit of a run because I think they're much better built now than they were at the end of last season just from a few moves and moving some money around. And that's all thanks to to the new general manager, Kyle Dubas. Yeah, I, I will say that Dubas has, uh, has done a good job to change up the mix in, in Pittsburgh and all of a sudden, he's got a, a brand new core four, and and uh, they're just older. That's the only difference with, with Carlson, uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Chris Letang. My only question is: Is it going to work with Carlson and Letang on the same team together? Because we saw that you know that was a bit of an issue. I think in San Jose, having him and Burns, it just it didn't really work out. And you saw when Burns moved on to a to a new location, he really thrived and so did Carlson being the main guy obviously uh, coming off of a 100 point season last year in San Jose but no I I like the moves I like some of the depth signings you know uh, Lars Eller um, Nola Chari of course and Dubas has got history with him recently 
graves on the back end, which they needed to improve. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I think Dubas has, has done a good job changing the mix. And obviously when you bring in a player of Eric Carlson's caliber, you're going to be labeled as a winner from the offseason. So I like that pick. Yeah, and when you bring in the former Norris Trophy winner and you're three point something million dollars in the green on that deal without losing anyone you're really going to miss, that's uh, that's impressive. That's some cap management right there. Yeah, another yeah. player I thought about too on the back end for this team is Ty Smith. Obviously had a down year last year and, and played a lot in the American League, but that's another guy, you know, like could generate some offense from the back end he had a great rookie year in new jersey so you know they've got options on the back end for sure if uh you know if they want to give him a look so i did like their first round pick in in braden yeager as as well i thought that was a, a good pick and uh because the the penguins haven't made a lot of picks in in the last little while and uh and now that's two years in a row with owen pickering and and Braden Yeager, and of course that was the the first uh, pick of Kyle Dubas in Pittsburgh. So I thought that was good as well. Uh, all right, boys. Well, you're uh, I, you're gonna roll your eyes at at my pick for um, you know a, a winner from this off season. But again, I'm looking to the future. A team that you know is is ready to take a step forward. Got the ball cap on the Arizona Coyotes. I thought we're a, we're a winner from from this off season. And uh, look, I mean, we we all know that Arizona the last couple of years has kind of been the NHL's punching bag. You know, are they going to be able to stay in Arizona? They're playing in a college building. Where is their next home going to be? But put all that aside, throw it in the trash, and just look at the look at the uh, the on ice product. And the reality is. That it's it's a good one, and this team took a nice step forward last season. They had seventy points, and I think that this season they're poised to take another step forward. and And it would have been so easy for Bill Armstrong to you know do some of the same things this off season, take on more bad contracts and guys that are never going to play again to to get to the cap floor. But clearly. This team took a step. They want to take another one this offseason, and I think they made some really nice, low-risk, high-reward kind of ads. Sean Dursey for a second-round pick I think was a great ad. He puts up points. He's still a young, right-shot defenseman. He's going to get a ton of opportunity in Arizona. I think there's a good chance that he'll be first pair and uh, on the first power play unit, so you've got that. Jason Zucker on a one-year deal coming off of a 27-goal season. That's a great ad as well. And adding a player like Alex Kerfoot for two years at a, at a really reasonable cap hit, it's a different look for him. Again, he'll get a, a, a good opportunity in Arizona to kind of move up and down the lineup, maybe get a chance to play with Clayton Keller and, and Nick Schmaltz. And, and then you've got Logan Cooley, who decided to um, not go back to the University of Minnesota and sign with this team. So um, I, I look at the Coyotes as having a very positive offseason and, and one that kind of slowly changes the perception around this team that look at they're trying to be competitive trying to take a step forward and and it's moves like the ones i mentioned that may help them stay in arizona and actually build a winner there like bill armstrong is trying to do so i thought it was a very positive off season for the coyotes again uh, a pick of mine that's kind of looking towards the future but this is a team that was a lot of fun to watch last year and i think is going to take a nice step forward again this season what do you guys think I think that the offseason was definitely a step in the right direction. They got significantly better. They added basically their top pair of defensemen in Dumba and Dersey. So that itself is going to be a huge win in this offseason because the back end was really uh, looking pretty miserable going into the season without those ads. Um, They've definitely got a lot of guys. They, They almost seem like if you look at their offense or their forwards rather, they seem like they're an expansion team. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a load of guys who could use a shot somewhere who've been playing on the third line on other teams, on good teams for the most part. And 
when they get that shot, these guys could step up and it's actually going to be a little bit more interesting to follow Arizona this season for that exact reason. Um, for the moves and the signings, I think that is a big offseason win. I think that their draft Thank stunk. You. And, and if we're including that in the offseason, then oh. it takes a little hint there. But no, Harp, I like everything you said. I, I like the players that they brought in for this team. I don't necessarily love a Kerfoot for the Toronto Maple Leafs or New Jersey Devils, but for the Arizona Coyotes, I think it makes a lot of sense. And yeah. um, they really didn't have anyone uh, big they lost. I think it was just um, Christian Fisher. So, uh, yeah, definitely a more improved team this year and, and maybe it's going to be a little more fun for Chad to watch at Mullet Arena. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go, I think they play the Sens the night that we're going. So that should be a fun one. Hopefully the Sens don't beat them down too hard. I don't know how either of those teams are going to fare this year. So it'll be fun to, to watch for sure. And Harper, I hear where you're coming from, man, with this team being one of the winners of the off season, you know, case you mentioned that top pair alone, bringing in those two guys, Dumba and Dursey, is just fantastic. You have guys who can play, who can run a power play, who will be getting elevated minutes. Um, I think it's all great in terms of the forwards. I like that analogy, Casey, of they're, them looking like an expansion team. I think the idea yeah. with the forward group right now, as it is, is to figure out who of you know among those guys will be playing with the younger core moving forward over the mm-hmm. next few years so there will yeah. be some decisions to be made in in one or two years about all of those guys but it'll be exciting because players will be playing for jobs every single night um and and there are some decent players on that team now so it'll be fun they've definitely picked themselves out of the dumpster of the NHL. I don't think they'll be a uh, you know a bottom 5 lottery team. They won't be tanking again. They'll be at least competitive most nights, which is exactly what you want uh, from Arizona if you want them to stay there. But, case I'm glad you mentioned the draft. Simashev at number 6 was a reach. Boot at I believe number 12 was also a reach. I don't know what they're doing with drafting. It just seems like they're not reading everyone else's card when there's, you know, a, a, a player or or three that are clear better picks in the situation. I just I don't understand what they're doing. And then the the you know all maroon suits of the twenty guys who went up on the stage. Like again, I don't know what they're doing with that, but. You know, so I think when you take everything into account, I don't know if I'm as comfortable as you are, Harper, with naming them winners of the off season. But I think in terms of improving the team on the ice right now, I think they definitely got better. So that is a bit of a win if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, well, and and that's it, right? Like we're looking at how this team is, the progression of them on the ice right now. Yes, they they took a couple of big swings. I personally don't think it's going to be as bad as as you guys and and a lot of other people think out there. I think it would be safe to say that their draft previous to this year was better um, than than those, those two first rounders. But hey, we'll wait and see. But as far as the team right now, the progression... The Kellers, the the Krauses, the Haytons, and 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 all the guys that I mentioned, and I forgot to mention Dumba. Thank you guys for that. Another good addition for them. But uh, I just think that this team is poised to take a step, and I could see them being uh, in in the range of eighty to eighty five points, maybe around a, a five hundred record. Not necessarily a playoff team, but they're going to take another step. Yeah, and, and I mean playing games in the West too, like. The, the West clearly isn't as strong as the East right now. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll be competitive for the most part. I, I, like, I, I truly believe in what I said. Like, I think they'll be competitive most nights. They'll be a better team than they were last year. They won't be bottom five of the league. So it, it's a good thing for Arizona. I, I do like it. So I understand where you're coming from for sure. Cool. All right, boys. Uh, let's move on to our losers. Uh, so those picks uh, from this off season. So Case, we'll go back to you with yours. Yeah, there was a handful of losers that I had, and uh, for the sake of not beating a dead horse, I thought I'd pick one that's a uh, not not one that I've been talking about, and certainly not one I talked about six weeks ago when we last had an episode, and that's the Tampa Bay Lightning who is taking a considerate 
considerable step back here not quite as bad as maybe boston but tampa bay losing Kalorn, ross colton ian cole and their whole fourth line of that that gritty playoff fourth line of pat maroon perry and belmar and not really bringing anyone of note in except for Connor Sheary is if you can even call that of note and then going ahead and making a a big dollar spend once again they're in this situation where they have to give up a Ross Colton because they've been shelling out massive contracts to guys and they did it again the other day giving uh Brandon Hagel a five million dollar raise for the next eight years that's six and a half million dollars for eight years for a guy who has had one and a half really good seasons so that contract kind of i just shook my head when i saw it because you're giving up on such a good young guy in ross colton because you have no money you're giving up on a calorn who is your horse in the playoffs because you have no money to spend on them and just seeing that contract came out the other day that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me and that's really what made them the losers for me after seeing so many subtractions really no addition and uh that contract yeah, I'm a bit more hesitant to say that Tampa is a loser of the offseason just based on history and their track record of either finding guys in free agency or through trade or from their farm system to come up and make an impact. So maybe they have, you know, one to three guys who they think are going to be able to do that. I mean, surely that's the plan, um, losing all of those players and not replacing them immediately. So I'm a bit more hesitant to say that that they're one of the losers of the offseason just because I don't want any bad juju coming the Maple Leafs way here. But I agree with a lot of what you said there, Casey. Like, they haven't done much. They've overpaid for a few contracts. They're really making their bed here uh, in, in terms of the players that they're signing and kind of making some massive gambles on on term. So we'll see if that all pans out going forward. But uh, in terms of this season alone, I don't know exactly how, how good Tampa is going to be. I know the Atlantic is going to be better top to bottom, so it might be a bit more difficult to th- for Tampa Bay to be in a playoff spot. But... At the same time, I feel like they're going to make the money work somehow. They'll go out at the deadline and, and they'll add somebody or a few players and, and make it work. So, again, a bit more hes- hesitant than, than you are to label them losers of the offseason. But I do agree. They're definitely worse going into this year than they were uh, at the end of last season. But you can't afford to be worse going in this year when you're competing in the atlantic you're competing in the east everyone else in the east is getting better uh except for i don't know the islanders and philadelphia uh, the, philadelphia is trying to get worse and the islanders did literally nothing so <laughs> yeah you know everyone's getting better i think doing nothing is a, a loss in this offseason in the east and then actually getting worse is even more even worse i don't know i'm rambling yeah. and not making any sense no i hear you you're making you're making sense i'm just i mean listen if i say tampa is, is the loser of the offseason case and i agree with you then they're gonna beat the leafs in the first round this year yeah so i can't I, can, I cannot do that in good conscience <laughs> there's still gonna be a good team still gonna be a playoff team but yeah i think that every other team took one step on them this year so it's going to be tough. Agreed. The Atlantic is going to be so exciting. I can't wait until we do that episode to preview the, the Atlantic because, holy smokes, there are eight really good teams now. I shouldn't say really good. There are eight competitive teams top to bottom. And unlike years past, you know, where the top four were virtually set before the season even started this year, it's completely wide open. And that is exciting. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, case uh, I, I can get your rationale for uh, for Tampa Bay being a loser of this off season. You look at that forward group, especially, and it's uh, it's a little depleted depth wise. You know, they're they're really making some bets and guys with low cap hits, and we're talking about players like Logan Brown, Michael Asimon, Josh Archibald. You know, not not exactly a, a ring endorsement on uh, you know on some of those players. The guy for me who I think they're betting on and counting on to have a big year in his first full season in Tampa is Tanner Janot. 
I think that that will be a big difference into um, you know the success and, and the depth scoring that this forward group has. He only had one goal in 20 games with uh, with Tampa after coming over in that trade. So um, you know I, I never count out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's remember that this is their first full rested summer in what three years so we got to take that into account and and even though they've lost the Kalorns and the Palots and the Coltons and the list goes on a lot of their top guys are still there and and regardless of how we feel about some of the contracts there there's some damn good players on on this team still so um, but but it's going to be interesting in a in a in an Atlantic division that, as you mentioned, Chad is is tightening up fast and and is only going to make the East better. But for me, the the one guy I'm really watching this year in Tampa is Tanner Janot because they gave up a boatload to get him. We've ripped that trade multiple times on this podcast, as you guys know. Really curious to see how he is going to play this year for the Lightning and uh, I think that'll be a a big um, you know factor into uh, what their depth is like this season so yeah um, not ready to to be so hard on on the Lightning with their top guys but it's going to be interesting Uh, definitely see the rationale for for them taking a bit of a step backwards well Harp I want to thank you for that because you saying that they're really relying on Tanner Janot this year. I think only furthers my argument that they are losers in this offseason. Uh, I can't believe, I cannot believe that they traded a first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth for one goal in the regular season and zero points in three games in the playoffs. So, oh, boy. Um, Hate Cal, that deal. Cal Foot was included in and, that deal as well. Who's in New Jersey? And Cal now. Foot. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. going back to our discussion about that trade when it happened, I remember the one thing I mentioned was that I thought that that team needed to get better on the back end. And then all of a sudden, it's the playoffs, and you know a guy like Eric Chernak gets hurt, and then all of a sudden you're looking at that decor, and it's like, oh well, you know Ian Cole has to play 18 minutes now who, again, isn't there. All of a sudden, you know, uh, Sergachev has to play 26 minutes a night when Edmund's out, and it's like, I don't know, man. I Like, that defense core isn't as good as it once was, and, and I think they need help there. So maybe that'll be a, a deadline add for them this season. They'll trade another whole draft class for, like, Ben Sherratt or something, but it's it's one of those things, man, where, you know, yes, they didn't make a lot of moves Yes, you can criticize how the team is is built now, but at the same time, they still have all of their their horses, all of their guys, the Stamkos, and, yeah. you know, Stamkos and and Kucherov and Vasilevsky and Hedman and all of those guys who are now rested. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. And I'm sure if Nate Gagne was on the podcast right now, he'd be telling us that you know they're going to win the President's Trophy and then go on to win another cup. So it, it'll be interesting to see how how Tampa does this season. Yeah, he'll say they only let all those guys walk because they need to sign Stamkos next year. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, Stamkos is is up after this season, which will uh, which will be a, another interesting thing to to watch out for in in Tampa. The the last thing I'll say, boys, is uh, you know it'll it'll be. Uh, We'll see what this team looks like if they can't stay healthy and they run into injury problems. Then we'll really see the depth or lack thereof being tested. Um, So anyway, they'll they'll be an interesting team to watch for sure. All right, Chad, you're loser this offseason, and I know that uh, you've got a pick and, and an honorable mention as well, so let's have it. Yeah, well, I'll just go with the pick. Um, the, okay. the honorable mention isn't isn't something extremely important. It was just a team I'm not exactly sure what to make of their offseason. I guess I'll just mention it quickly. Detroit, I don't know if they're better or worse, to be honest, but they made a bunch of yeah. moves, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, but my loser is the low-hanging fruit. It's the Boston Bruins, and it's not exactly the fault of management there. It's more so just their players got old and retired. Bergeron and Krejci retired. Uh, they traded Taylor Hall so that they could try to keep Tyler Bertuzzi. Well, now Hall's out. Tyler Bertuzzi's in Toronto, so they have neither of those players. 
They lost both players who they got at the deadline, Garnet Hathaway and Dmitry Orlov. Both of those guys are out. And who's in? Kevin Shattenkirk, Milan Lucic, JVR. That's pretty much it. So and, I don't and know. Morgan geeky, but yeah, it's not a lot. I mean, sure. It, it, you know, it, at least they have both of their goalies still. Linus Olmark, the reigning Vesna uh, Trophy goaltender. So you know, we'll see how that goes. But I think Boston inevitably takes a step back this year. We were talking about this team's take, taking a step back after last season, and then they went on to win the President's <laughs> Trophy. So who really knows? You know how this team will perform, but I think it's clear that they've gotten worse. They lost four of their top six forwards and really good players. So you know you can argue that okay, Krejci was a bit older, but the guy still had a great year. You know, playing second line center, I think he got around fifty points. And Bergeron, everyone knows how good he is and 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 what he meant to that team. So I think there are just some absolutely gaping holes now on this Boston Bruins team and. I'm I'm gonna come out and say it. If they make the playoffs next year, I will be shocked. I will be shocked if they make the playoffs. Yeah, they're gonna need a heart trophy season out of David Pasternak this year for that to happen. I think mm-hmm. um, the center core scares us. We've talked about the center core in the past, and then to have Bergeron and Krejci come back last year, it kind of changed our tune a little bit. But now we're back to Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle. And geeky as as Hart mentioned, they picked up and Jesper Bolkfist. That's their center core. I just yeah, that's that concerns me. And I don't know their their big move in this off season after losing four key contributors is and and Dmitry Orlov, who was their big uh, trade deadline pickup, um, is bring back Milan Lucic for nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. Um, I don't think that this team is a playoff team either, but go ahead and clip this for when I'm a dumb, stupid idiot and they're second in the Atlantic. Yeah. I'm so hesitant to say that case and even to bring up this team as a loser of the offseason because they still have their good players. I feel like this is the same conversation that we just had about Tampa, but it's, you know, it's times 10 because they've actually lost some, some really, really good players and parts of their core. So it's scary to say, but I feel like Boston just isn't the same this year at all. Yeah, no, it's, it's easy to say that. And I just, uh, I can't, I can't wait for, you know, like clip this, like Kay said, and, and, uh, and wait and, you know they, they have a, another season like they did last year no i'm joking yeah. but they they make the playoffs and go on a big run or something like that case sorry you want to jump back in there yeah i'm not i wouldn't be as i won't say shocked if they make the playoffs like chad said i yeah i think they certainly can just based off their decor yeah. and goaltending alone then like you know you play shut down defense with that team and and have pasta and marchand throw a couple goals in the net you're quickly going to win a few games that might get you into a playoff spot. But I just don't think that I think they're going to be a wild card team. That's, yeah. that's where I'm at with them right now. And for me, yeah, that makes them a loser. I, uh, I did. They, they were on my short list of losers. Yeah. yeah. It was the low hanging fruit. It was the low. Oh, for sure. Fruit. No, definitely. It's, it's again, I've had terrible luck, you know, betting against the the Bostons and the Pittsburghs and, you know, and and the list goes on. The teams that, you know, we think are going to be taking a step back, but somehow they they have a good year they get themselves in and and look i i think that that's accurate that you know i i wouldn't uh chat i'm not as far as you are like i I wouldn't be shocked if they got into the playoffs but i think it it is going to be tougher for them they're not going to go out and have a year anything close to to uh to how they did last year of course but um you know i i look at this team and there are still some foundational pieces there, right? Marchand, even though he's he's getting older, is still a, a very productive player, still an elite player. McAvoy, Pasta, I, I just, I got to wonder, like, especially with how they look down the middle now, if, uh, if one of those goaltenders, if we see one of them get dealt at some point just to, to help out and, and, you know, especially with that position and, We'll see how they how they look, but again, like going back to what I was kind of saying about Tampa banking on, you know, 
some guys uh, depth-wise having good seasons. Like I think Boston is, uh, they're going to have to do that with some of their young players and, and see what they have. The Laucos, the McLaughlins, maybe Fabian Lizell gets in this year and gets some games under his belt. We'll, we'll wait and see, but yeah, definitely think this team takes a step backward, but hey, they've still got some pieces that are locked up there for a long time, some of the best players on the planet, and uh, we'll, we'll see. But but again, like the Atlantic is getting tougher. It, it's an older squad, and uh, it's, it's going to be a lot different than it was last year for sure. But no, I, I totally get the rationale for, for them being uh, a loser from this offseason. Yeah, for sure. And Harper, just going back to your point, last thing I want to say um, about you know possibly trading one of their goaltenders because both were so good last year. I wouldn't be so quick to do that. Goaltending is is so random. We talked about how you know even earlier this episode with Carolina, how you kind of need two or three really good goalies in case of injury or just sporadic play and. You know, do you think Linus Olmark is going to have another Vesna caliber season? I certainly don't. I think there will be some regression to the mean there. So, I don't know. I, I would be I would be very hesitant to trade a goalie, even if it does add to your center depth, because it you know if you lose one of those guys, I think you're in real trouble. Where I'd argue there is that now is the time to do it if if you're Boston because you're going to get a king's ransom for both of those goaltenders either one whatever you whoever you decide to stick with uh Olmark because he's coming off of Vesna's um season and Swayman because he's young and just as good yeah. so um if you're going to make the decision to trade one of these guys you need to do it now before one of them takes a big step back in the first third of this season yeah and, and fair point case in terms of value if you're going to do that you better get you know at least a third goalie or equivalent back to, to yeah. replace them so yeah well here's an idea for don sweeney and the boston bruins just be a lottery team this year draft cole Iserman near the top of the draft he's a massachusetts native and you've got a, a another foundational player and a young player to to help build things back up so there you go all about the connections massachusetts boy he says <laughs> yeah i think there'd be a riot in the street of boston if they did that but yeah <laughs> yeah probably uh, all right, guys. Well, to, to finish it off, I'll, I'll give you my uh, my loser from the offseason. And I'm glad we all had different ones, by the way. This is great. So um, they, they were just involved in, uh, again, a, a blockbuster trade from the summer. I'm going to go with the San Jose Sharks just because I, I don't really know what direction this team is is going in i think that mike greer has done a reasonable job i thought that you know the picks of will smith and quentin musty in the first round were really big for this team to add to that pool that consists of eckland and bordalo and and the list goes on but i just i can't figure out the direction of this team are they rebuilding or are they committed to it fully are they trying to be competitive do they see the bottom half of that Pacific Division is kind of wide open. Maybe I, I don't know. I mean, yes, Anthony Duclair is a, is a good player and a nice ad. I, I do like the the bet on Mackenzie Blackwood having a, a bounce back year there, and and that's that's all well and good. But look, like looking at the return from from the Carlson deal, it's it's uh, you know again not not exactly a a ring endorsement in my opinion in in certain ways mike hoffman is not the player that he used to be what is mikhail granlin going to be this year after after a rough stint with uh with pittsburgh and then you know an off year with nashville uh before that and this decor as well after losing Carlson and you don't have Brent Burns anymore either it looks really thin back there yes Mario Ferraro is a, is a good defenseman and probably your best defenseman at this point but he can't be asked to do absolutely everything on this team so um, I don't know I, I get that San Jose is probably going to be one of the bottom teams and be a lottery team and that's great for them because they they have to build things back up and look towards the future but just some of the moves that they've made 
I just can't get a, a, a sense on what direction they're going in and and which one they fully committed to. So what do you guys think about that pick as San Jose being a loser of this offseason? Yeah, I think that this team is definitely in the in the circumstance where we're just not really sure what's going on and for me most of the time i call those losers because i need direction i can't stand when teams are going the needles pointing north and south at all times a nashville predators is the same case for me i almost picked them as a losers but we talked about them six weeks ago when we dumped all over their cap situation and all the buyouts san jose like they just brought in a bunch of middle six forwards to kind of patch holes in a sinking ship and now their decor uh, they have four guys slotted into their starting lineup who are six or seventh one's an eighth defenseman in my mind so um yeah it's it's a weird team i don't know if maybe they're bringing in these guys because they are gonna have uh, quite a few young guys in the lineup and they want some sort of veteran leadership to rub off on them in a duclair and a hoffman and um Granlin, but uh, it's a weird direction, and I don't think this team's going to be very good, but I think that they're going to be stealing games to the point where they're going to work themselves out of a high lottery pick. So it's a, I think that makes it a lose or a loss this offseason. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how to feel about the Sharks either because you know you both mentioned that they're going to be a pretty bad team, and I think that will be the case as well, but they haven't really followed the you know, call it the Arizona model where you know you're going to be bad so you bring in replacement level players to fill some holes. Well, it seems like at least up front, they've brought in some players who are just sort of too good to plug those holes if you want Mm -hmm. to be bad. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, bring in a guy like Anthony Duclair who is, you know, still a a pretty good scorer in this league. I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. Maybe it is one of those veteran things case. You want, you know, some, some of those older guys who you know, are skilled and talented around some of your younger players like Eklund to sort of teach them. I get that. What I will say about the Sharks is that they are tanking like no other team maybe ever has tanked before. They have a ton of guys who can score up front, but who historically do not know how to play defense. And on their back end, they straight up just don't have top four defensemen. So they like... And then, you know, top that off with a tandem of of Blackwood and Kakanen, both guys who can be good. But, you know, let's be honest, going into this year, we don't know how either of those guys is going to play like at all. This could be an extremely fun team to watch. They might win 15 games just by outscoring the opposition eight to five. Like it could it could be extremely exciting to watch. Um, But that being said, like, I don't think any other team has tanked quite the same before so it's just interesting looking at them but i i agree generally harp that uh, they're one of the losers of the offseason i don't i didn't mind the return for carlson i'm glad they finally got it done to be honest like it, it yeah. was just exhausting for them i would assume to, to have to go through that process of on you know especially the day-to-day of talking with teams and negotiating like it's over now you, you don't have to worry about it like you're on to a new chapter you're tanking albeit differently than than other teams in the past but you're tanking so we'll you know we'll see how it goes and maybe at the deadline they're able to trade a couple players and get more picks back and fully commit and and you know we'll see if if that happens or if that's the route that they want to go but yeah generally i I agree with you guys that the sharks are a bit of a loser of the offseason they'll be fun though well yeah you said kind of what i was saying and that I think they're going to accidentally steal a bunch of wins with these guys who can score goals. And it's like, that's just not really what they want to be doing. But at least the guys they brought in are all very good trade deadline bait. Just like you mentioned, Chad, because they're all one-year contracts. Dish them off the trade deadline. Hopefully some of your younger guys are ready to make a step and then just play like a bag of shit for the rest of the year. So... Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a weird weird season in California. Yeah, so, something we haven't mentioned either is that, you know, the Sharks have to sell tickets. They're not the Maple Leafs. They're not the Canadians. Like, you know, you, they're not going to sell out every night. So they need a draw. And bringing in a guy like Duclair could be that draw. 
or you know even a Hoffman you know of course he's not the same 30 goal scorer he once was but you know you need players to score goals and and you know if you want to sell tickets so that's part of it too it's a California market it's not exactly the same as being in a hockey hotbed so and those, uh, man, those teal jerseys are one of the best-looking uh, jerseys in the NHL, that's for sure. And But, uh, but again, guys, like, I, I just I, I wanted to, to bring this up. Just off the top of my head, like, how bad does this sound for a top four on the blue line? Like, let's say it's, again, just off the top of my head, Ferraro, Ruda, Vlasic, Kyle Burrows, like, is... <laughs> Is that the top four there? Again, this is just off the top of my head without looking at cap friendly and all of that, but that that is a top four decor for a team that's tanking, that's for sure. Yeah, like Radim Semek, Matt Benning. Yeah, like that might be yeah, that might be the top four there. So <laughs> Yeah, but like anyway. it's a it's a tanking team, so you know. Yeah. Whatever. They're gonna they're gonna lose a lot of games this year. We just think that they they might win some by mistake, <laughs> which is no, very I, possible. I agree. I agree. And 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 let's not forget too. This is a team that still has guys like Tomas Hurdle and Logan Couture, who are still very productive. Yeah. NHL players as well so anyway but that's my pick so uh, good stuff boys this was great uh, to, to be back with you guys uh, I, I I can't wait for the season to start and, and like so many others out there as well so again thank you for listening to episode 178 it's great to be back uh, we'll be chatting with you again next Wednesday and uh, hope you uh, hope you have a great rest of your week thanks for listening and, and good to be back this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams connect with the boys in the booth on instagram facebook and youtube at boys in the booth visit boys for show details and don't forget you can become a patron of the podcast for just one dollar a month at patreon.com slash boys in the booth